Mr. Guy Zombie Hunter is a delicious zombie apocalypse caper of ridiculous proportions. Our reluctant half-goblin hero, Mr. Guy, explores a smattering of zombie apocalypse tropes trying to find the cure. Each chapter is paired with a different illustrator, giving this ongoing story rich variations in flavor to keep the reader turning them zesty pages. We're kickstarting Act 1 of Mr. Guy from July 1st to the 31st, along with Oneshi Press's 10th Comics Anthology, Origins. For more information, visit MrGuyComic.com. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit ElectronicMediaCollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Grolix Nights. It's the Grolix Podcast live show. Here I'm we are. We're and here. I'm Jesse. Where's Melanie? <laughs> I don't know. This is a new theme, right? Where, <laughs> where somebody's off doing... So Melanie's doing Melanie things. Last week I was doing Jesse things. You're not allowed to do Randy things, are you? <laughs> I, mean, like, this show I was going to say, I don't know. <laughs> is there I mean, a live video podcast if I'm not here? I don't uh, know. Next week. We'll, let's find out next week. We're going <laughs> to follow the trend. If a Randy falls in the woods, is this show over? I do know, though. You and Melanie can do a live show because you, you did at least one uh, when we were on when we were audio only, when we were on the, uh, what was it? Oh. Did we Life do Castbox? Castbox, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I was sick. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't remember how good it was. Um, but yeah, and you couldn't help yourself. You still chimed in. <laughs> you were like half in a coma and you were like, oh, I got to say this. <laughs> right, right. But I'm gone. I'm out of here. Oh, there might have been at least one or two. At least one. I, at least one for sure. But there might have been, a, yeah, a couple that you guys covered for me. Because the first one, like I was so I was asleep and so out of it. Melanie's like, "Will you get microphone set up for me?" Because she was here, and I did, but I didn't like plug it in or something. Oh no! <laughs> and then it, it seemed like forever later she came back, and uh, I don't know how long she was on here talking without the microphone plugged in on that stream. Oh well. <laughs> so it can be done. All right. Hey Savannah. Hey Paul. Uh, Paul says I helped. With the live stream, with the cast box. I believe that's true because he was one of our faithful viewers or listeners or callers in. Now, I know Paul, like, like he's local and he's seen us at conventions. But in terms of like interaction, a lot of interaction, Paul come over from cast box. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, I mean, I don't know if he listened before that, but he seemed like he really jumped on board around that time. Oh, Savannah requests to be guest one day, but with Melanie. I was going to say, you can be on today if you really want. But, uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, she's she'll want to be here with Melanie. So so basically, that's a Randy and Jesse take the episode off, and we'll just let Savannah and Melanie take the show. <laughs> <laughs> and the listeners will just be like trying to fill in the, the blanks when they uh, do their secret speak. Yeah, exactly. Which was fascinating to watch. <laughs> that is you're right that is the they they would do that they would uh it'd be like hearing a quarter of the conversation but they know what they're talking about yeah yeah like they wouldn't finish the sentences but it didn't matter because they both knew what they were saying 
It's like, Melanie does that to me just in real life conversation. Like, I'm not in your head. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking about. Oh, man, I need to do some pimpage. Um, well, what what do we got tonight? We've got the usual. We've got, uh, we're going to react to some news. Yep. I, I would say, I mean, we could talk a little bit about what we've been watching, but I haven't been watching a whole lot. So um, what have you been doing, though, Randy? You, we were talking off mic about what you've been up to. What what horrible rabbit hole have you got? Well, I suppose you can't talk about it and pimp at the same time. Oh, well. <laughs> um, Savannah says, I know what Melanie is thinking. At all times. I added that last <laughs> part in there. Right. Uh, yeah, one second. Let me. Uh, listeners, what have you guys been watching? Throw it, throw it in the chat. I'm curious. I've kind of uh, since off. I was off last week, I can, I can like just ramble about the things that I've watched, um, and you can just react at whatever. Do maybe, it. maybe you've seen some of it. Maybe you haven't. Uh, one of the things uh, that I picked up this week that it's on my to-do list. It's still in the wrapping, though. Is Happy Death Day. I still. <gasps> Oh, need to, still need to crack the cellophane on that. But I'm so you know. excited. Is that just is that the first one or is it both of them? That's the first one. Um, OK, yeah. No, it was just super cheap. It was like three bucks or something. So I was like, <sighs> you know what? For three dollars, that's it, cheaper than a rental. I'm it, just going to get it. It's slightly sad that that is a bargain bin movie. It didn't. It's got a following, but it didn't do extreme. It, it didn't, didn't do it. Didn't do gangbusters, as they say. Right. But, uh, well, that's I was surprised they had a sequel. And I was like, what do you do with the sequel? And then you guys were like. Jesse, you have to watch this. So, like, oh, all right. You have so to that's, watch why, it. that's why I got it. You know, oh, I'm it so is. excited for that. It is a bargain bin movie. So I was like, uh, that's easy. That's cheap. I can do it. Um, do I also day special. <laughs> just so people, <laughs> well, people be like, what's that? I'm not listening to that. But just so people know what it is, we got it. Right. Um, speaking of those kinds of sales uh i watched sonic the hedgehog which has jim carrey in it i guess that's the only well uh what's his name that played cyclops is it and james marsters but like james marston 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 not spike cyclops james aston martin yeah yeah that's a brand name right yeah, i don't know it's a car it's, it's a car. car. It's, a brand, it's a brand name. Yeah. I was I'm not a car jeans. guy, but I know. James I was thinking Bond jeans car. and you're like, that's a car. <laughs> that's the kind of nerd I am. I don't know what cars are. <laughs> as long as they uh, start and the go, that's I'm happy. I'm a happy guy. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm with those, you on that, actually. Yeah, Those two things. I, also, when they stop too, like when I push the brakes, they do need to stop. So start, go and stop. Those are pretty important. Um, also in the, uh, bargain, <laughs> bargain opportunity, uh, movies that I watched, uh, Terminator dark fate now between, oh, between, uh, between Sonic and dark fate, um, Sonic was okay. I'd heard it was okay. It's, it's true. It was okay. It's fine. It was Jim Carrey was serviceable Jim Carrey and it was, a, it was probably a fun, um, kids movie and a little edgy for kids movie, but, um, I kind of like my kids' movies edgy. Did Cyclops, Cyclops all over that movie? Pretty, you know pretty much. He's kind of a funny Cyclops, but like he's not, you know, I don't know. I, once you've had him in Westworld, you don't want funny Cyclops. Exactly. Like <laughs> that actor, like no offense to him, but like I was a 90s like X-Men cartoon kid. 
right. specifically. So like you can kind of tell the cartoon X-Men cartoon people from the comic book people because the cartoon people don't like Cyclops because he's a stick in the mud in the show. Right. And the first X-Men movie that he played Cyclops pretty much the same deal. So I yeah. was always like, screw that guy. But and I hadn't really seen him in a whole lot. Westworld. I love him. He's great. Yeah, he's a good actor. He really yeah, is. Right. It's not his uh, fault. He was also he was in that. Cyclops. He was also uh, regrettable in the um, was it Superman Returns movie. Like that poor guy just got a bunch of really yuck roles, and then he found Westworld, and and then he uh, decided to sign on to Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't know why, but there's that. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate was pretty good, um, but also not as good as it could have been. You know, like it's one of those things where it's like, oh, they have a pretty good premise here. They have a decent script. And then some of the CGI just looks awful. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I enjoyed it overall. I wish, I wish they would have just reeled it in a little bit. Like it gets, right. I, you know, I'm fine with the, there's a lot of, what do they call it? Fan, I, fan wink, I guess, or pandering mm -hmm. or callbacks. Like I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, the Hummer scene flying every everything from the <laughs> airplane on, like it's just right. so over the top. It's like you could have you could have reeled it in a little bit. Also, I don't know about playing the Terminator for laughs. I mean, like they do that. They've done that since Terminator 2. Two, yeah. But but every time they do it more, and he's not a play it for laughs character, that's why it worked in two. You know, like they were able to get away with it the first time, but every movie since they've done something silly, super campy or out of character for a robot. And it lands even less each time. Oh, I and think th this one really like pushes that to the limit as well. Yeah. Carl, I think. Is yes. Carl. Name? Yeah. And I'm, I'm watching him interact with the, with a dog and I'm like, that is not a Terminator. <laughs> That's just Arnie right? paid to retire. Like I, Which, I get, I get the, with the premise of him being so kind of humanistic, I get the premise of like, well, there are, they're supposed to infiltrate. So they should be good at blending in. They could even mar be married for years and the spouse will never know. But like, I don't know, man, the Terminator just never like really struck me as being able to do that. He's just, he's very, right. The way he always played it was very robotic. And it's like, and then suddenly, like he had like some type of crisis of hu humanity crisis and like right. became a good Terminator guy. It's weird. It's weird. I love the opening though. That it, it the very opening. Oh, yeah. Where they're yeah, like, yeah. here's what happened after uh, Terminator 2. And right. it's like, oh, CG. Like everyone in that is CG. It's right. mind blowing. I think some of the later janky CG is because they spent the money on that opening. Scene. Oh yeah. And that's fine. It was money well spent because mm -hmm. that opening was like, oh my God, this, right. this is really good, you know? And then, but yeah, then later on, like not even, not even 15 minutes later, I'm like, God, that's bad. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of becomes the thing of like, yeah, reel it in a little bit. You can still right. go huge, crazy action, but don't push us straight into cartoon land. Come on. 
when I don't even know what this one was called, but I'm just I just called the T, the the T Venom <laughs> or the, or the I don't right know, right the Venomnator, you know, because it's basically two robots. Mm-hmm. It's like the T1000 if the T1000 were around T800. So uh, by know. the way, chat, I will I I I'm not sleeping on your comments. I will get to those just so you guys know. Um, other than that, uh, I watched it chapter two It was fine. It was more the same. It finished oh, yeah. the story. It was okay. I haven't seen that yet. Um, but it's really long. I mean, I think if I have a criticism, it's that, uh, this thing was designed to be kind of a mini series and, uh, trying to make it two movies that are super duper long. I don't know. Um, and then really it's not something I've been watching, but what I've been listening to lately have been a lot of eighth doctor, doctor who, oh. um, big finish audio dramas. Uh, cause I wanted to get caught up because, uh, the new one, the, well, not the new one, but the most recent one was, uh, stranded and it brought back the curator from the 50th anniversary special. So Tom Baker plays yeah, the okay. curator and it's pretty great. Uh, because the way, so I, I listened to Ravenous 4, which wrapped up that storyline, and then um, Stranded is is where the curator comes in. Because the Eighth Doctor is basically stranded on Earth, like like the Third Doctor was. But he's stranded in 2020, and he doesn't have Unit, because Unit's been disbanded in the show. So it's, they're kind of flirting with that a little bit because that's not even within uh, big finishes purview right now in, in terms of the license, uh, because unit was still a thing when Capaldi was doctor, but that's a, you know, that's a 13th doctor nod right there for them to say that they've been disbanded or they've been rumored to be disbanded. Right. So, so he's stranded on earth. And it's funny because I was like, oh, so they're basically doing the third doctor thing with him, except it's worse because there's no unit. There's no unit. Yeah. Because so what's he. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So in the, so in the eighth doctor canon, he has a, uh, he has a, a house on Baker street. And so um, he shows up because that's like where he goes when he gets stranded it, or like when he's on earth is like, oh, if I need a place, uh, to kind of you know regroup that's where i go and he's he's done that like in the eighth doctor adventures he did that in the 70s kind of thing so that he would not run into himself because the third doctor's their unit so he has to be at a different spot so that he doesn't create a paradox or anachronism and um uh so he goes there but in 2020 his house has been split up into flats so there are people living in his house so he shows up and they do almost like a faulty towers kind of situation where it's like, Oh, the doctor is now a landlord and he <laughs> has to be a normal person. Right. All the while trying to fix the TARDIS because the TARDIS is like dead right now. So mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's trying to find things that will, you know, like recharge the TARDIS. Um, meanwhile, other stuff is happening and Torchwood is in existence, but they're being cagey about it because Torchwood's supposed to be when it comes to the doctor. So. Oh, right. Okay. Interesting. It's been, it's been, it's been fun. Uh, it's a really good box set. I recommend it to anybody, um, that any of this sounds interesting to, but there's a pretty deep dive when it comes to Dr. Who. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, so. well, I was going to say that's what big finish is for, but that's not necessarily true. I, I think they have a lot of stories that are, I don't know, man, there are, it's multiple layers because 
sometimes if you're getting into some big finish stuff, it is a deep dive into Doctor Who in general, where it's right. like if if they'll be referencing things where if you're not like thoroughly up on the 55, almost 60 year history, history of the show, you'll be lost. And then there's the layer of Big Finish's lore itself, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to the Eighth Doctor, because they've done some insane stuff with him. Right. And I mean, they've had him for the majority of his Doctor run. So I was going to say, most of it is there. You're like, there isn't a lot of Eighth Doctor outside of the movie in one webisode. You don't right. have Eighth Doctor. So right. it all exists there. So. Yeah, but it's it was really good. It's interesting. I'm I'm surprised that they're still able to do fresh and fun stuff with the Eighth Doctor after this after all this time. So that's what I was, that's what I was thinking. Uh, by the way, Savannah says I will watch it. Mm, Going to be no. difficult. Yeah. You'll watch it with your ears, right? Because this is a, it's again this is like a podcast. It's audio oh. only. You know there are some excellent. Savannah, you should listen to some Big Finish. There are some excellent ones that I think are real easy to get into. You know, do your do a like a, one of your crafty things. Uh, which what do you you do? Do you still like needlepoint or knit or whatever it's called? And uh, throw that on. I think you'd be entertained for sure. Um, but that's what I was thinking when you're talking about the landlord thing. The landlord, he's a land time lord. Um, like, and he is not having it either. You know, like you think about how buoyant and bubbly the eighth doctor is make him do something mundane. Yeah. I was thinking like for as much as doctor who repeats itself, I am still impressed with just the number of different stories they can continue to tell with, with this character. And I think, you know, regenerations help keep the character fresh, but right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my okay. favorite things in these listens, to, and then we can jump on to something different. Um, I because I didn't really mention it, but I did mention it to you guys in the chat. Uh, in Ravenous Four, all of these ma- there's like three or four different incarnations of the Master involved, and Missy. So people who are current on Doctor Who or or really into the modern show, uh, Missy is one of the Masters, and she comes in contact with the eighth doctor's master. So Eric Roberts, the only American to play the role. And it's so funny because she just totally flips it. And she's just like, that's great. Can you say, can you just say random words like aluminum, (laughs) you know, because the British affect for aluminum. uh, I lost it. Aluminium. Aluminium. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just funny because she's just like she's off on a total tangent. Meanwhile, Derek Jacoby's master, who's very he's much more traditional master, very much on point, is just he doesn't have time for any of them. All the while they're trying to save um the crispy master, played by Jeffrey Beavers, the one from the fourth doctor era where mm-hmm. uh would be Keeper Trocken, that that master. Uh they're trying to save him because if they don't save him, then like paradox which is what jasper right. was getting at in the chat yeah jasper. jasper what happens if they kill them it creates a paradox but they exist for a while it's kind of like back to the future they're still around for a while and so then they're time travelers they'll go back they'll fix it they have to otherwise the tardis will fix it because the tardis hates paradoxes savannah also said missy was amazing she was amazing she's still amazing and she she actually released um she's got two box sets of her own that's I haven't so listened great. to either of them, but I own them both. And uh, the second one just dropped like the last week or so. 
And so I'm I'm excited to listen. She's been in on um, a River Song box set, so the Diary of River Song, which was all master stuff. Missy was there, um, and then she's also been on. She was on that Eighth Doctor one, and and then she's got her own as well. So I love that they brought Eric Roberts in. Yes, master. Because yeah, I don't know, man. Just Eric Roberts. I guess because he's from. The TV movie. Not that that means anything. They got they they've got the Eighth Doctor, but you you're right. He's Eric Roberts. He's the only like American actor to play a main like the Master or Doctor or anything in Doctor Who. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just wouldn't ha- I wouldn't have expected it. Right. What do, you do with that character because he's so different. It's it's pretty fun. Like he's only he's only shown up the two times and this second time ties into the first time. Like they go back and they're like, "Oh, we've got to send him here." <laughs> and, and so uh yeah, it show he shows up first again in a River Song uh storyline or box set and then shows up in this one. And uh, apparently he lived apparently in the big finish verse. What he did was he uh you know, he inhabited after he got out of the eye of harmony, he inhabited a room in the doctor's TARDIS and then ejected that room from the TARDIS. And then the, you know, the doctor's like, ah, I didn't even notice. I really should uh, be better about my maintenance. All right. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Savannah said that actress in reference to Missy. Michelle Gomez oh, yeah. uh, is really good on in the chilling adventures of Sabrina. I liked her in that quite a bit. Uh, she was less fun in the third season from the third season. I up of the episodes I watched, but she just like, especially that first season and a bit in that second one, like they let her just do what she does best and just chew the scenery. And that's why, she, that's why her Missy character, her version of master was so good because it was so relaxed. She just like stroll in and just say weird things and chew the scenery and take her time about the scenes. And it's so good. She excels at that. Oh yeah. Um, she got better in season three. She's still one of the best parts of that show. I mean, right. like even in a bad episode or even in a bad series of Sabrina, she's the best thing. <laughs> so, all right. I want to jump back and hit some of what you guys have been watching. Um, do, 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 do. Savannah said the Devil's Carnival one and two. I don't know the Devil's Carnival. I don't know that either. Uh, she said she doesn't know what to think about the Devil's Carno- Carnival. It was odd, but she'll try to watch it again and try to understand the big story of it. I'll have to look into that. Um, and she started Avatar. That was another thing. That's a new story. Hold on. What is this? I've never heard of the Devil's Carnival. It's a musical horror. The Devil's Carnival is a 2012 musical horror film directed by Darren Lynn Bozeman and starring Sean Patrick Flannery, Brianna Evigan, Jessica Lowndes, and other names I'm going to butcher. Hmm. Okay. This isn't what I was thinking. Apparently somebody had done like a... uh recreated avatar the last airbender um in a live action way as kind of like an audition for netflix what i had heard and this might not be that this might be something else but i had heard netflix was looking to do a live action series 
which you know i don't know oh i'm torn about that idea but for avatar yeah but avatar mm. i mean the cartoon picking up the cartoon has been like a very a huge surprise hit for them apparently oh sure uh the series um okay off topic where am i are you guys called Grolix on twitch it's Grolix podcast no space if you search that up you'll find us um Paul rewatched The Karate Kid in anticipation for Cobra Kai's Netflix drop. You should watch. Uh, you should really watch all three, actually. Uh, and I, I don't. I don't. I would not normally say that, but they do actually pull on Karate Kid three in the second uh, series. So you won't need. You won't need that to enjoy the first season, though. Karate Kid one is all you need. Maybe Karate Kid two because. Um, he talks about his trips to Okinawa. What about the next Karate Kid? Where's she come in? Not yet. Is she going to be in the <laughs> she, series? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the, the big three, the big, oh, as far as I know, I mean, they're they're basically they're just looking for uh, good story beats kind of thing. And right. so it's one of those things where it's like, if it makes sense, um, then they probably would. But I mean, like it makes it kind of does make sense. If you think about the idea that she was a student of Miyagi's and there is no Miyagi and he may need some balance who better to, to put him back in his place than another uh, student of Miyagi's. I don't know. Ooh, interesting. They could I like do that. it. Well. I like that. idea. You know what? You just wrote it for him. I like that idea. Right. I, I like that idea a lot. And a lot of people hate that movie. So I like, I get why you wouldn't want to even acknowledge that it exists, but like you could do fun things with it. They did some fun things with Karate Kid 3. And that's another one that's kind of like, oh, I guess three they do reference in season one because Cobra Kai is Cobra Kai. And so is season or so is Karate Kid 3. Crease hmm. is heavily involved in that. It's not a good movie, but it plays into it. Uh, Paul says he's been catching up on the on shows on the EMC network. That's right. The electronic media collective podcast network. You and you should too. You should too. Electronic media collective.com or emcpod.net. I should just promote that more it sticks in the head easier. Um, I think that's, I think that's about, I think we're caught up here. All right. Um, so what have you been watching slash doing? Well, for watching, uh, we watched another episode of Doom Patrol. Still watching Doom Patrol. It's coming out weekly, so I don't have a lot to say about it, but mm-hmm. I enjoy it. It's a good show. It's still good. Overall, this season is slightly less fun, but I think it's still a solid season. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it, it just doesn't seem as good about weaving in their personal... Because it, Doom Patrol, it definitely like goes into just as much if not more really it's more of a drama most times goes into like their feelings and their their traumas yeah. because they're all like damaged people fl- oh god the, characters. the first episode is just like brendan fraser's character oh trying right to come to terms with new reality right a new normal for the people who love that term and the well season two it starts off with like because of revelations that happened at the end of the first season, everyone's just extremely raw. So it's like, 
they're good about retaining some of the progress some characters made the first season, but there's a lot in a lot of ways. It's just like, nope, setback. So everybody's oh. raw again. Um, but it feels like the I, I, I want to say the first season was a little bit better about weaving that personal story stuff into the plot beats. Whereas this one, some some of the story stuff, I, I guess they're kind of bringing it back with the way the last episode ended, but bringing it back into it feels more disjointed. Like there's this and then also the kind of this main plot. And then this happens over here and it's not really connected, you know, so it's just not as conjoined, I think. Just a criticism, but it's still good though. Sure. Black's book. Savannah said uh, she made Melanie start Black's book at her house on Monday. I don't know what that is. So what else have I've watched some movies? I've watched some movies. One yeah. second. I've watched some movies. Yes. I have watched some stuff. Let me find it. <laughs> I don't remember what they are. Oh, yeah. I have to go to my Letterboxd. Hey, I'm Randall Sylvie on Letterboxd if you're on there. Um, and he re- he rates everything on that thing. There might have been one or two that slipped through the cracks. But for the most part, I've rated every movie I've watched since I joined Letterboxd in... How how can I reverse this? It's been almost it's gotta be almost the whole tenure of this show. I mean, maybe not quite that much, but because I, I think like, I remember you saying that you found letterboxed on the show. So maybe not six years, but like four is gonna be my guess. Oh 2011. 2011. Oh, wait, a lot no, more than wait, four. That's not right. <laughs> that's a lot more than four years. 2012. <laughs> 2012. So I've rated every movie Still I've watched on a lot of years. Since 2012. Yeah. I like it. It's a good site. <laughs> That's the ultimate list. Um, That's a good sign. Like they've been around. Right. Still haven't implemented features I requested like eight years ago. <laughs> oh, they're on a prior, you know. Yeah, that's on our that's on our list of, of things. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Seven years ago, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all fingers crossed. Clearly, clearly, it's a priority item. We'll just put a big check mark by that one. Letterboxed, how did I find it? Um, I heard another podcast talking about it. Uh, I think Film Junk, which was one of the first podcasts I listened to re- uh, religiously. Um, I haven't listened, I, I hope they're still going. At the time that I started, they'd been going for a long time. Um, but they talked about it, I think. And it's basically, you know, a social media. It's like a social media site for movie fans, but it's there's not like there's no fake news because it's like you can't just make posts. You write reviews of movies, log movies, stuff like that. Um, and they have no sort by interest. That was the feature. I was like, how do you not have? Yeah, that's weird. Sort users by interest, so you can find people that like similar movies. I mean, you could search by like movies they rated high, but they have a database. Of like, and how many third-party companies have my information? Anyways, just get it from right. them. Maybe I should ask Facebook to do it <laughs> with your info. They oh already have God, it. Yeah, yeah. Just come up with an interest feature, please. Letterboxd does have, and I'll hear. I'll just say, oh, this is going to be weird. Let me specify that I want to put it on Facebook. Okay, and it's Letterboxd, but there's no third e, so it's L E T T E R B O X D. Um, they do have, they do have a, an Android app. I wasn't, I wasn't overly thrilled with the app though. 
I think uh, basically I've tried it, but yeah, it's one of those apps. Right, right. It's it's there's not it's not any more convenient than just going to the website through your mobile browser. And I think there's features. I'm pretty sure there's features that are shut off that you can only unlock if you go to the desktop version anyways. Right. Oh, Jerry, the gnome. Oh, hey. Oh, let's hear some Jesse news. (laughs) Man, I just, I talked for almost a half an hour. You did, dude. I'm I'm, I'm proud of you. I like it. I'll take the back seat. It's so funny because you collected most of the news stories, so it's good. That trend is going to continue. Oh, yeah. So, did I close Letterboxd? Did I get totally sidetracked about talking about Letterboxd and not actually discuss the movies that I was going there to look up? I did. All right, so... Oh, these are movies that Melanie and I watched. Um, and I would, these both would actually be pretty good GCU movie reviews, not to necessarily together, but we recently watched Ready or Not, which came out last year or, yeah, I think it was last year. It's fairly recent um, in a world where movies don't come out anymore. It's, it's, it's somewhat new still. <laughs> uh, is there a multiple Jesse there? Yeah, he, he loves your shirt. I was going to like it, but I forget that I can't like things that aren't on Facebook if they come from Twitch. Well, Jerry the Gnome is tuning in over on Twitch, by the way. Twitch.tv slash Grox Podcast. This this T-shirt was not not a... uh, It was not a coincidence that I chose this shirt after my little video that I posted earlier on the the Grox page. It's real good. That's real good. (laughs) <laughs> oh since we are since you're on the show now it might be too late to put it on youtube i should have uploaded it to youtube too so it could get a view <laughs> youtube man uh ready or not yeah no i enjoyed ready or not quite a bit it's a kind of picture okay this is not going to come out right but kind of picture uh what's what's that movie by the jordan peele guy not us, but what was the first oh, get out? Uh, yeah, get out. Yeah, kind of like get out without. I, I actually watched us stuff. as well. I mean, like, oh, right, totally, totally aside, but I hadn't seen us the last time we talked, oh, and I have seen it now. Oh, I want and your thoughts, man. On there's it. some twists, and I kind of saw one of them coming, yeah, but not the main one. Like, the main twist, I was like, this is messed up. <laughs> it was like, it was like the other, other twist that I was like, oh, I saw that coming. I, I kind of guessed that a long time ago okay i know we're we're off on a tangent now but us yeah yeah i wish well i wish i'd have known what that hands across america thing was like i was right. not super familiar yeah with that, that does make it like a little creepier kind of thing it was right. like what what are they doing like the yeah the whole the premise yeah. of the whole climax is like built around that and it's like if you don't if you're not that familiar with what that was it's kind of like huh but <laughs> right, like you get the general idea, but you don't really get the political commentary in the movie, which is arguably like kind of the big purpose of the movie. Um, I wish I kind of it almost felt like it's so strange for a movie where at the end I had so many questions, yet at the same time I felt like it overexplained itself. Like I right. wish there was more oh, yeah. vagueness yeah. around. Yeah, I was. Uh, I wouldn't say it was as good, but it set up some really cool, bizarre stuff that was like, oh man, this this is still a cool idea. So okay, ready or not, yeah. As Paul said, hide and seek with murder. It's 
basically a comedy horror thriller. I'd say more thriller, but it's it's definitely kind of a dark comedy. It's like Get Out, except it's all white people. It's doesn't have the like high quality social commentary. And, uh, you know, it's not as good. I'm not going to put it on the same level, but it's got that. Like, that would be a very interesting double feature. I've also seen in reviews people refer to it as crazy rich Caucasians, and I was very amused by that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's okay. It's fun. It's fun. That's the thing. It's fun. Like, Get Out is a good movie, and Ready or Not is fun. No, I, I changed my mind. It is horror. There's definitely some horror themes in it. But And then The Lodge, uh, which is on... Hulu, I think. Uh, it's a movie. It's a horror movie. It like pretty early into the movie. I'm like, this movie just <laughs> this movie's watched Hereditary. Which oh, I watched that long ago. <laughs> uh -oh. It's very much that like somber, kind of depressing horror movie. Um, I thought it was good, a little long, but it's the kind. I, I mean, listen, okay. It's basically somebody watched hereditary back to back with the shining. And it's like, let's watch, let's make a horror movie. That's what the lodge feels like. Oh, no winter. They're stranded. It's, it's that very somber, quiet, creepy type of tone, creepy type of horror movie. They're checking all my boxes. Right. If they hadn't, I wouldn't have, I think I give it like four stars. I don't think I would have rated it as high. If you know, it wasn't playing to me because it was it was checking all my boxes i don't think it's amazing but i enjoyed it quite a bit it's just a little long speaking of you guys talked about um uh dr sleep before didn't we on a different episode yes and you watch dr sleep i haven't i haven't but oh. it's still on hbo max so i'm right like, i need to and and i, I don't remember is, is it I like it's it. worth a watch right i think it is worth a watch i like okay. it I like it's another one of those Stephen King movies that's two and a half hours long. So it's like, right to it. That's not, I mean, like, that's fine. A, a good movie can be two and a half hours long. Um, it's just, it's an investment. <laughs> I don't know why. Cause I'll watch, I'll watch five hours of Cobra Kai. Dude, I know how back, it is, but I know yeah. how it is. Right. Sit down for two and a half hour movie. I don't know. I don't know about that one. You could break that movie in half. It would actually it's fairly well suited to be like, you could almost mini series style treatment, that thing. Um, that's what I had to do with it. Chapter two, which I don't know if that's glowing review, but um, it was an okay. It was okay. It was a good movie, but also I had to watch it in chunks just cause I, just cause I had to. It, it chapter two. I couldn't watch it in one sitting. It's all right. <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want to watch it, I could, but I didn't want to. <laughs> That's an important <laughs> distinction. <laughs> like I would have been fine if I were in the theater. I probably would have watched the whole thing. <laughs> Jerry the gnome. <laughs> you know what else is on HBO Max? Not the Snyder Cut. See, did you see what he's doing there? You see what he's doing there, baiting us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see, don't. Randy did not do the news this week, so there is not a Snyder Cut bit. Really. You're right. Unless yeah, no, you can find one. You, <laughs> I don't you're know. right. Because if I did the news, I would have searched. I would have sought one out. <laughs> I didn't even think to. I did. My bad, guys. My bad. We never talked about Joss Whedon getting called out by 
like everyone for being a D bag. Oh yeah, someone recently did. Uh, James, uh, we we ironically brought him up earlier. James Marsters brought him up on uh, what was it, Rosenbaum's podcast? Really? Which I need I need to listen to this podcast because it gets cited a lot in these little news stories. Oh, okay, interesting. Because apparently he had a problem with how popular Spike got. Like Spike got really popular and he, he had a, I don't know. I don't know if it's like he had a problem with it, but he, he had an interesting reaction to the fame. Did you get kind of crappy about it? I think so. I think so. I, I need to actually listen to the episode, but um, I'm, I need to listen to this podcast. It sounds fascinating. Savannah, we're not talking about Snyder cut. We're talking about Joss Whedon, the not Snyder cut director. He yeah. directed, uh, well, you know, Joss Whedon, but you know, you know, nobody would want the Snyder cut if it weren't for Joss Whedon. So Joss Whedon, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bummer to hear. And you know, I've actually, so, okay. So what we're talking about with Joss Whedon is, um, I think every so many years, it seems like there's a story of like, he's, you know, like his, his, was it his ex-wife or something? like threw a bunch of allegations at him and was basically like, he's not the, the feminist, the friend of feminism that he claims right. to be blah, blah, blah. Every couple of years, you'll hear a story about how he's kind of a D bag. Um, several years ago on, I think it was the Nerdist podcast when that was still a thing. I don't know if it still is. Uh, one of the guys was saying that he like was DJing at some bar and Joss Whedon was there with some chicks and was just, big D bag to him. The DJ mm. just like trash talking him the whole time. And it just made him sound like just kind of just in general, just kind of a crappy dude. But more recently, all right, take it easy. Take it easy. Jerry, the gnome. Um, <laughs> Jerry gets us all riled up about the Snyder cut and then just bounces. You're right. I you're see, right. I see you. So Joss Whedon oh, is oh. like Shannon Doherty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Paul says. <laughs> but, uh, cyborg actor guy i can't remember his name off the top of my head i apologize but this is an official news story that we're covering and then uh stunt performers uh a married i think they're married now uh, a couple but they'd met on the set of buffy i think but the tv show mm -hmm. and there was a story just this last week or so where basically they're like yeah, no, he was he was a jerk on the set of Buffy and we had these bad experiences and he didn't like us dating for some reason and blah, 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 blah. And they're married now. But um, yeah, just like these weird stories of like, I, listen, they're not like criminal allegations. Right. And generally, generally, we don't cover gossip anyway, but it's Joss Whedon and it's related to the Snyder Cut. So we got to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But it's, it is it is always disappointing to like hear that like a creator that has done a lot of work that you enjoy, uh, Buffy, yeah. Angel, Firefly, um, what else? You know, he, Avengers. He made he made Axton and I got into a heated debate. So, super friend of the show, Axton Kaler, uh, we got into a heated debate because he hates Angel. He hates Angel the character oh, so yeah. much that he's not willing to give the show a chance. And I was like, "That's fine. I get it. Yeah. I hate that character too. Yeah. Like, who doesn't? I mean, he he was awful in in Buffy. I mean, he was he was like take a." Take interview with a vampire. Take the character that Louis was supposed to be, and right. make him even more of a sad sack. That's what you <laughs> right. got, right? You know, like, like just make him as sad and 
boring and tragic as possible. That's what you have. Let's give him his own show. It sounds like a horrible idea. It was so good, though. It was five years of awesome. It so. was better. Yeah, it was way better than it should have been. I'd never right. watched it while it aired. I didn't. I because I hated Angel. I was like, I'm not watching that show. Right. <laughs> and then I'd hear about the actor, the characters that they brought over from Buffy. I'm like, it's literally a spinoff show of all my least favorite characters. Right. Man, it's so good though. Like when and I then finally, you realize why Doom Patrol it. works. <laughs> right. Right. And it managed to take like three of my least favorite characters from Buffy and make two of them. One of them, like one of my favorite, uh, but two of them generally, yeah, I like those characters now. Angel still sucks, even at the end of his own. He does, he does. But I would I would still argue that even Angel was improved by the show Angel. He was. And the thing, like, he doesn't I mean he has personality, but he doesn't really have a lot of personality. And that kind of works because especially once they get past the first season into the second season, it's more of an ensemble show. Angel's yeah. just kind of there and ties the plot and the other characters together, but the right. other characters are so well done and the plot right. too. There's, I mean, it's a little silly sometimes, but right. And not, not every season is perfect. Not every season. Right. Is, I mean, like season three gets, is it three or four? I don't remember. I think it was four, four goes off the rails. Doesn't, it was still fun, but it was weird. Puppet angel rocks. Oh yeah. For, season five is brilliant. It's one of my favorite seasons of television, period. How we brought Spike in, we've got puppets, we got everything. You got the Ben Edlund who wrote for the tick, created the tick, writing episodes. It was so good. How did that work? How does it work? Like, how is there a how did they make him a puppet in an episode and it worked? It's it so did. stupid, it st- but it <laughs> and brilliant. Right. <laughs> that whole scene about it made sense because of Wolfram and Hart. Like Wolfram and Hart is such a bizarre nonsense idea, and uh they can do anything with it. My only real complaint with that last oh, god, we're just diving into random, like here's a minor little critique. This is why we angel. need Melanie every week. My only real critique, my only real criticism, like my least favorite thing about was season five, right? Is how they handled Gun. I kind of felt like they just didn't know yeah. what to do with him once they got over there. It was interesting for a while, but it did get old. It was like it was it was like an interesting about face, and then they almost made it an addiction, and it was interesting. But it was like, oh yeah, it's different. They left turned a lot of characters that season, though. I think we could easily do a Buffy slash Angel show. <laughs> oh, easily, easily. We do it on accident sometimes. Yeah. I haven't even watched an episode in, in forever, but that's how much the show resonates with me. Oh, Paul says, and the ending sucked. I actually really liked it. I yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there's kind of a, a bit, like it really makes me want to know what happens next. But I started reading the comic. Bad at well, yeah, I actually you don't want to know what happens next because that ending is better. That ending is better. The the comics do interesting stuff, and it is canon, right? A lot of that, not all the comics are canon, but if you, in fact, like go to the most viewed post on the, on grawlxpodcast.com with the exception of like there, I haven't updated it since there's the new Buffy comic series, but it's got the complete chronological list of Buffy and Angel and Spike comic books that are considered important are considered canon. They're written by or like approved by D-Bag, Joss Whedon, (laughs) (laughs) which is where. This is what brought us to this point. He's a teabag. 
And that's why you want the Snyder cut. <laughs> right? Isn't that why? I don't know, man. I don't know why. Why does anyone want it? I only want it at this point because no, never mind. I've already <laughs> we've already talked about it. It's gonna suck. I don't I'm not a fan of him, but I do want it. I want that. I want to see it. <laughs> uh wow. We could do, I guess we could. We could do some news or something. Well, a lot of this news is going to go fast, even though, you know, even though we're already at the 50 minute mark. Uh, I don't think that you say I that. know there's a few things on here that I definitely want to sound off about. But I mean, the main one is the first one. Yeah, I'm, I have things to say about that. Um, I'll read this headline out and then you can kind of take some of the other because some of the other stories I'm much less. I'm not familiar with at all. Sure. Samurai, Samurai Rabbit, the Usagi Chronicles. Netflix sets tune series based on Stan Sakai's comic books. Yeah, so um, the, this is from Deadline. Uh, Netflix has set the first animated TV series. I can't believe it's the first animated TV series based on Usagi Yojimbo. Or Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah. Um, which is basically like, yeah, it's it's... He wasn't, he wasn't, the character shows up in the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoons, but, um, right. It's Samurai. He's a Samurai rabbit. Uh, but then we, so whatever, there's going to be a show based on the comic kind and of, that's going, that's going to Netflix, right? Going to be on Netflix, but here's where this story loses me a little bit. This is where, cause at first I read the headline. I'm like, yes, awesome. Finally, I'm super excited. Right. Um, because I liked how the comics, how at least from what I've read, I have not read a ton and it's a very long running series, but um, I liked how it was it. That's what it is. It's a samurai story. It's a samurai comic, but the world's inhabited with these animals. Like they're just, he's a samurai, but he, he's a rabbit, you know, it's just, it's, it's a comic, right. but this is where it loses me. Okay. It's going to be CGI series, which is fine, but sure. it's set in a world that mixes modern high tech images with classic Japanese references. I don't, I don't understand that. And then, and maybe this is something he's done in the comics, but then it goes further into it about how this, the series, the cartoon will be about teenage rabbit samurai Yuki, descendant of the great warrior. Oh, no, this Usagi, is, this is from the future. This is his, from sensei or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, God this over there. Oh, okay. So that so this is like this. an outer. Is this one going to be outer space then? So he's on his. Uh, let's see. This teenage rabbit samurai is on a epic quest to become a true samurai, but he isn't alone. He leads a ragtag team of misfit heroes, including a roguish bounty hunter, a cunning ninja, and a, an acrobatic pickpocket, and a faithful pet lizard. Oh, it's going to have the lizards in it, though, right? I love that there were lizards. Those, yeah, those are there. pretty badass as he battles depth charging moles, metal tipped winged bats and monsters from another dimension. This sounds like the space stuff. This sounds like I'm not nearly as interested as I was when I read the headline. Right now. Okay. So he's Why would done... they do that. Like oh, he's... he's never had a, a, a Miyamoto series yet. Give him a proper samurai cartoon. <laughs> Yeah, I lost I lost a lot of my excitement just now too because I know what they're talking about. Like, yeah, it's it's Usagi's ancestor. Right. 
or not ancestor, but the opposite. And maybe that's good, but I don't want that. That's it sounds very just what you'd expect. It sounds very kind of typical. What's not typical, you do samurai movie in cartoon form. That's what I want to see with animals. Yeah, I, I give me Samurai Jack before he gets pulled forward in time. This sounds like future Samurai Jack, which is still cool. Sure. But that's not what I want. Well, I mean, like, and they could still do this well, but it is disappointing to the people that are true diehards and that would come to see this. Right. It's going to resonate fine for the kids that have never heard of it and just want something fun to watch. It sounds like, you know, it sounds like the formula is there to be a hit, but it's not the hit I was hoping for, I guess. I mean... Yeah, that's this. That's the thing. Like, this is definitely going to have more of appeal, more appeal to a younger audience than if it was just like a samurai rabbit, which makes it an even more unusual choice. Because it's like, listen, people that are going to come to a Usagi Ujimbo um, series are going to expect a, a particular rabbit samurai. <laughs> they're they're not going to expect uh, this one, right? Yeah, I was, I was, you guys, I noticed was super, were super excited when you posted this and I was for a moment and then I read it and I was like, that's doesn't sound and whatever. Stan Sakai, let's see, he'll, he'll serve as executive producer. So he's involved and you know what? Like maybe who knows how much he's involved. Maybe he doesn't care or maybe he's like, well, good. Let's, let's bring my brand to a younger audience. But like, they're cool because you know about Miyamoto. Yeah, and also, like, you know, maybe he's tired of just doing straight, regular samurai stories. He's been doing That's it fair. since 1984. Yeah. So maybe he's like, yeah, no, future stuff. I've done samurais. Yeah. yeah. Done with this. That's fair. But maybe not. I don't know. Uh, maybe it'll be amazing. And maybe they'll flash back a lot. So maybe it'll be like a, maybe there'll be like a sub show within the show, you know? Right. That'd be cool. Because why does he why does he have to live up to Miyamoto if we don't know who he is? There's almost going to have to be a show within the show. Just it's going to be Usagiception. Get ready. Just give me give me Zato Ichi cartoon, but not. <laughs> but then again, I didn't really the like animated it. series. Yeah, I didn't really like how Zato Ichi was pres- like the version of his character in the Usagi Ujimbo because he was a pig and like not really a good guy. Not that right. Zatoichi's he's an anti-hero, but um I just want to watch some Zatoichi now suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Yojimbo. I'll watch that movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. All or of those Zato are Ichi somewhere. Meets Yojimbo. I think all of those movies are on HBO Max, just to bring it all full search circle. I, I believe uh, a lot of those are on there because I was searching through alphabetically. Oh, I I know one of the criticisms that we had was that HBO Max seems like it's light on content, but really, if you go through like the movies, there's some pretty good classic film stuff in there. Interesting. It does have Yojimbo. Yojimbo is a great movie. So, anyways, I would look. I would look for some samurai movies on there because I know that there are movies on there that we've talked about. Right. So, whoever has the whoever has the it in it. Whoever has the Criterion license for that library, they have all the Zatoichi movies. And I don't know if the Criterion streaming service or it was a part of another service is still a thing. But if it is, that's where they're all at. 
go watch go watch some samurai movies (laughs) i had i I had things to say because i had disappointment right it's me talking (laughs) disappointment well and again that's that's probably the biggest news item right the next one is uh the series kidding which if you know anything about kidding it's uh it's the series that uh jim carrey's been doing where he plays basically like he basically plays mr rogers but he's like what if mr rogers had a trauma and kind of went breaking bad and uh i've only seen the first season uh, but it was brilliant it was so bizarre and wonderful i didn't realize Um, that was the premise like i knew he played like a like a a kid show host but i didn't know that it had that kind of yeah like there's a traumatic event that really just kind of breaks his whole family apart like he's estranged from his wife he is uh his his uh son is you know like just He's just making poor choices and it's just like, I don't know. And he keeps making unusual decisions. And there are times where it, it seems like, oh, maybe he's getting his life back on track. And then he just goes, Phew. and his right. dad is uh Frank. Oh, I always mess up his last name. He played Skeletor in the He-Man movie, the live oh. action one from the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Super okay. good. Super good actor. But that's all I know him from is Skeletor. He plays both Jim Carrey's, character's producer and he's his dad at the same time so a lot of conflict of interest there season one was brilliant season two i haven't watched yet but i've heard good things about it but apparently that's all we're gonna get we're only gonna get two seasons Mm. so that's kind of a bummer um but you know it's a it's a showtime series and so it probably is not getting as much exposure as it could isn't that what happened to ash versus evil dead wasn't that showtime no, that was, was that, stars, oh, which stars. is probably less exposed. similar situation. Right, you know, it's right. like unless you, unless you have cable, unless you're watching that particular channel, which a lot of people are cable cutters now. Yeah, you, then you're not going to see it. You're not going to know. So, that's a bummer. But that's all I really have about that one is that it's happening. Um, speaking of streaming services, there's a new one. It's Peacock. We've talked a- about peacock before it's such a stupid name that's not gonna get the dumbest name what is it i i think uh like the main reason like right now one of the main reasons to get it is that like uh psych the second psych movie is out on peacock which is weird because that was actually a series on usa right right so it's like okay uh but i mean like basically they have a lineup of new things it's out now and uh i don't know if there's anything on there that i would even care to watch i don't know but i thought it was interesting because we tend to cover this kind of stuff um what downton abbey parenthood monk you know basically stuff that used to be on usa or or nbc with a few other things that kind of surprised me like battlestar galactica is on there but i suppose maybe they Maybe they owned a piece of sci-fi back when sci-fi was making stuff that people watched. I don't know. Yeah. They're, okay. Interesting. Also, it's weird that they have the free and a premium. I guess it's cool that they have free. Right. But I guess this is not a terrible idea because this definitely caters to like traditional TV people, traditional right. TV fans, because it's cut the matrix movies. American Psych. Okay, the movie selection is real weird. We'll get to that. But, oh, yeah. You know, it's got like a lot of the sitcoms and stuff, you know, most like HBO, Netflix, 
Amazon, like when you think of TV shows on there, you think of like like modern serialized drama with decent budgets and stuff like that. Uh, water cooler TV, as they would say. Right. Wasn't Lost on here? Or was that a different station? That, mm, it could be. But this is ha- this has, okay, so like in their free tier, this article from Variety lists is 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, and Saturday Night Live. Those are going to be big pulls for them. Um, right. Saved by the Bell, Punky Brewster, Johnny Carlson, <laughs> or Johnny Car- Johnny Carson show. You know, it gets into some older stuff. Everybody hates Chris. And then also like Downton Abbey, Friday Night Lights, Psych. Right. You mentioned Monk, Murder, She Wrote. So like it's it's definitely like your classic network TV TV shows. Right. Was it even, uh, did I did I read uh, Little House on the Prairie? Did you? I read that somewhere. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I mean, like, they're, yeah, they're they're pulling on some really um, cl- classic is the word. Okay. And then the premium, the premium stuff. Oh, the premium tier includes next day actra- access to new episodes of current season NBC shows like America's Got Talent, uh, Saturday Night Live. Law and Order SVU, there's Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, Chicago Med. What? What? I do not watch network TV. <laughs> right. Dateline, Days of Our Lives. Okay, yeah. I mean, this is this is for people that still watch those shows. Rock out with your peacock. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> I just see that comment. <laughs> I still think, I still think, peacock is a just a horrible. Oh. Some of those shows are going to be reboots of older shows. Saved by the Bell, Battlestar Galactica, Punky Brewster, Rutherford Falls. Those are reboots? They're going to reboot Punky Brewster? Yep. Yep. Those are going to be reboots. Oh, and in January, it gets The Office, Roseanne, Third Rock from the Sun. Okay. Interesting. I know some of their sports stuff that they uh, they must have a deal with some WWE content because they're getting right. like Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Sessions and John Cena's best WrestleMania matches. God, that makes me want to just get it. <laughs> John Cena. Oh, it's going to have some th- some live sports coverage. OK, that's that's going to be a draw for some people, too. That's fair. The movies, though, is such a like, there's some older ones. I mean, okay, let's no, they're all, these are all older ones, but these are listed in their free. So maybe there's newer ones in the premium, but God, there's so many like 90s movies. The Born Identity, the Born series, basically, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, and Jurassic Park 3. Okay. Um, American Psycho, Matrix movies, Blair Witch Project, The Mummy. Fletch, I don't know what this Fletch thing is going to be. <laughs> the Chronicles of Riddick, Dark Fury. Which one is Dark Fury? Psycho. I'm going to guess. Oh, no, it's got the birds, too. So it's going to have some Hitchcock. It's such a weird, uh, like, because they, they're going to have uh, movies coming to Peacock in the next few months. Um, include stuff like Lost in Translation, The Big Lebowski, Scent of a Woman, Brokeback Mountain. Like, what? what even is the service? Bridesmaids, Knocked Up, National Lampoon's Vacation, Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, Paul said anime Riddick. 
Okay. Oh, okay. And Savannah asked, what about the WWE Network if this Peacock is getting wrestling? I'm guessing well, Peacock's like only everybody's, getting everybody's Everybody's getting a little bit of a WWE. Oh, right they're now. just going to... Fox, Fox has got it. Piece like, it out. Yeah. 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 No, really. I think um, WWE is looking to even farm out their pay-per-views. I don't know what the network's going to become. They've been talking about a tiered system for that for a while now, too. Interesting. So I don't know what that would look like. Well, they must just must have decided that that's more profitable, or else I don't right. know why they do it. Well, I mean, they were only getting what ten bucks a month, anyways. And back in the pay per view days, it was sixty bucks a pay per view. So, right. I think they're losing some money on this deal. Right. I think they were thinking quantity over quality in terms of the money they were going to take in rather than get a big payday from a few people. They're going to get a lot of little paydays and that would make up the difference. I don't know if that actually worked. I mean, that's a good thought, but all right. Were you going to rush out and buy some peacock? The the only thing, (laughs) the only thing on here, I'm going to watch some peacock. (laughs) Right, right, right. I mean, Netflix and chills bad enough, but like, I don't know what you come up with for that. Um, and rock. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the one. That's the one. Um, yeah, the only thing on here that even piques my interest is the psych movie. And that's just because I like psych. But I'm not going to get this for that. Right. I'll wait until it drops on Amazon because everything eventually drops on Amazon. And I'll just rent it from that. So yeah, okay. Um, that's all I had for Peacock. <laughs> um, that's more yeah, than I expected we'd get out of Peacock. Really, really, it is. Uh, the one that I thought would be interesting to talk about is this horror anthology film. I found it on Variety.com. Uh, the headline reads: Horror anthology film Isolation finishes filming entirely in quarantine, and so. It's finished principal photography shooting entirely in quarantine. The film weaves together nine standalone yet interconnected horror stories from all corners of the world. It follows people as they confront their biggest fears in attempts to survive an increasingly deadly pandemic. I don't know why that would be relatable. A premise that hits close to home for many people during the coronavirus crisis. Oh, you're just going to hit us over the head with it, huh? So, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting idea. So they filmed this entire thing um, while in quarantine, and it's called isolation. I mean, maybe it's a little on the nose with the people attempting to survive an increasingly deadly pandemic, but everybody got out with masks on. That's production value that they don't have to pay for. Right. You go where, yeah, you go where the... uh, the production value is <laughs> right. Interesting. So I'm looking through the, the teams of filmmakers and this isn't just like some like YouTube dudes with a camera. These are like people that have worked on stuff like Jack Ryan Legion of uh, the houses, October built tales of Halloween, some, some stuff, some known stuff. Right. Interesting. So, and, and each of the pieces is standalone, but then they interconnect. So the, you know, like I immediately thought of trick or treat where 
each piece doesn't necessarily tie together, but they do in the end. So I'm, I'm curious. Oh, interesting. So, okay. So this is, this also makes it more, makes me more interested is that they couldn't use any zoom. They couldn't use zoom or any other video conferencing services. And were only allowed to use the equipment and resources they had with them when they entered into lockdown. Hmm. Because I, I know there's been things where people like, you know, there's an episode of this that filmed entirely through zoom. And it's like, well, that's resourceful. I appreciate that. But like, right. In terms of like, this is a movie. It's like, no, this is a fancy zoom call. So at least like, no, it's, I, I do like it because it's almost like pushing low budget and indie filmmaking out of necessity. It's like, right. You know, I like that. It's this, the more I read this article, the more interesting this sounds to me. Cool. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know too much about it. This is the first I've actually heard of this. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'd heard something about it, but like, this was like, Oh yeah, no, this sounds better than maybe what I thought the first time I heard about it. Right. When it was just kind of rumored. Yeah. Horror or horror anthology. And, uh, sweet. It sounds cool. I dig a good anthology anyways, but like this sounds right. like a pretty good idea for a premise. Um, then the next couple news items, we don't even need to like get into the actual, uh, meat of these articles, but like I put them on here because like last week you guys were talking about how oh. the nineties era is, uh, you know, it's the time it's the time we're going to get remakes. We're going to get reboots. And, uh, apparently they are making a, uh, I remember the adaptation of Wishbone. <laughs> I remember this. I was like, Wishbone? What's Wishbone? I know yeah. this dog. I Hold did on. not know this dog because this was, I, that's, that's why I put it on there. I was like, I'm hoping this is kind of in Randy's wheelhouse here. Uh, wow. I, I recognize the dog. I do recognize him, but I never watched episodes of Wishbone. But apparently they are going to make a Wishbone film adaptation. Interesting. So yeah, no, like you were saying, the, it. What's the story, Wishbone? Oh, story, Wishbone. Yeah, it was a half-hour live-action children's show. Yeah. Wow, I'd forgotten all about Wishbone. I used to watch Wishbone sometimes. I mean, like I, I have like a, a peripheral knowledge that it existed, and that's, but I, but I saw it and I was like, oh, that's straight up '90s right there. That's right in my gap. That's right in Rocco's modern world. I don't know what this is. <laughs> Oh, Savannah says she loved Wishbone. So, well, I'm glad I put it on the list because I figured uh, some of you guys would, would dig that. According to IMDb, oh, wait, is this? Yeah. Wishbone, an intelligent and witty dog, imagines himself in the role of characters from classic books and gets involved in similar real-life adventures. Yeah, Wishbone. You know, yeah. it's it's not quite like... It was like a slight, not totally educational entertainment, but like more towards that than, I don't know, goosebumps or something. <laughs> or to think, yeah, yeah. Goosebumps right. is probably better. Yeah. Well, did they have a goosebump show in the Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so yeah, wishbone. Holy crap. <laughs> but yeah, 90s, 90s remakes. It's starting. It's starting. They're gonna and I had, I had to point out because you guys brought up uh, Kung Fu last last week and you were like, well, Kung Fu is a, is a remake. And then I was like in the comments, I was like, but but you realize the reason that it's timely 
it's funny because you guys were just talking about just wait you wait 30 years and we'll be we'll be getting movies that are remakes of remakes guess what guys this is a remake of a remake of a remake the kung fu thing is because the original show came out in the 70s they brought it back in the 90s with kung fu the legend continues and they're rebooting it right right we're in prime 90s territory Ooh, the legend continues i i'm glad you i had forgotten about that that's why this still that that still ties into the 90s nostalgia remakes you know what does not fletch <laughs> so our, yeah. so our next news item is fletch reboot with john ham in the works oh that must be what was listed on the peacock or why those movies at least were popping up on peacock fletch and fletch lives oh fletch was on there okay yeah, yeah. because they're talking about rebooting it with john ham which i think you know like if anyone's gonna do it john ham john ham is a great actor um i don't know why i don't know why though you'd go with john ham for a property that was made popular by chevy chase yeah that's and who's really clamoring for a fletch remake uh Real quick before I forget, I want to take the comment down here. Is uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark was better than Goosebumps? Agreed, hundred percent. I loved Are You Afraid of the Dark. The show was that show was awesome. Um, yeah, if somebody was like, okay, we need to recast. We're gonna do a reboot of a Chevy Chase movie. We need to recast Chevy Chase. Who would you pick? John Hamm is not the first name that would come to mind. I don't know who I would no. pick, but it's not him. I don't know. Is he funny? Is John Hamm funny? Because <laughs> Fletch is kind of—I mean, like I—I I don't know. I can see him playing like the spy type, but if you're just making like a less British James Bond, you don't need it to be Fletch. Savannah says Savannah sounds on board. She says Fletch with Ham could be good. All right. Well, I mean, I like don't know. I don't know enough. I, I all I can see him in is Mad Men, and we're like that doesn't scream. That doesn't scream Fletch to me. And he pops up in little roles. Sometimes I see where like him in that role is supposed to be funny, but it's like, I, I don't know if I could gauge like if him as a comedic actor versus it's funny because it's John Hamm mm. showing up out of nowhere. But I do know that Fletch with ham makes me hungry for a sandwich. <laughs> that does sound like a good sandwich. Um, uh, he, he was hilarious in Kimmy Schmidt. Okay. Yeah, that's, I don't know that. Uh -oh. I don't watch. Well, that. I mean, okay. So he's I'll done some comedy it. and maybe he's going to be fine for it. I just, I'm, I was surprised to see it. This was more of a, like, I'm going to put this on the list because it seems odd to me that they're going to make a reboot of Fletch and apparently everything is fair game now. Um, next one I put on the list basically because of a Grolic cinematic universe. Vivica A. Fox wants Zendaya. So if you don't know who she is, she played uh, MJ on the new Spider-Man movies. Um, Vivica A. Fox wants her to uh, seek revenge as her daughter in a Kill Bill sequel. Right. Because if there was, I mean, I'd, Tarantino has like, I, this isn't necessarily like a confirmed thing that's no. ever going to happen. But I think the general like agreement or not agreement understanding is that if there was another kill bill movie, it would basically be uh, the d character, the daughter of Vivica a Fox's character getting revenge. They he totally set it up. Like was, I like it, but so this is basically her saying like, Hey, if you guys yeah. make that, you guys should make that movie and cast this chick in it. Yeah. That's all this is. Yeah. This, 
But I mean, it's kind of a fun thought experiment right. to even revisit that universe for even a moment. It's like, oh, it I can there, see that. Get it, be fun. get it circulating. Yeah. Let, let that worm burrow into a let her get some giant, creepy, well, foot fetish loving head. <laughs> get, give her time to do some uh, awesome kung fu training, I guess. Right. Right. Because you know you're going to have to do some martial arts. So Savannah says, I heard the original child actress uh, wanted a part again. Wanted the part. Well, I mean, again. who are you going to take revenge on? You might as well like take it out on Bebe. Man. Yeah. I mean, psh, I don't care who it is. Do it. Let's, right. Let's. Oh, apparently. Oh, yeah. Well, this is exactly. Uh, Variety said director Quentin Tarantino has been hinting at the possibility of Kill Bill Volume 3 for a while. Um, outlining that the new installment, yeah, 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 that's he's been saying that for years. Heck yeah, yeah. I mean, and she'd be a she'd be a good actress to attach to the role. So I'm down. Let's do it. So that was just kind of a that was just a fun. It was, I'm sure that was just Twitter news. I don't even know where this all came from, but it sounds like a Twitter news story, right? Oh, and what would a- what would Grolic's nights be without Twitter news? That makes this show. It really is. It's it is this show. It's practically Twitter news. This week it's Deadline and Variety for the most part. This is the two main sites I went to. But yeah. And then the other, the last thing that I have here on the list is that San Diego Comic Con. I, I don't know that it's even San Diego Comic Con. It's just Comic Con at home is happening, and they're they're lining up some uh, some stuff. They're lining some stuff up. One of the things that I watched today was they uh they released a new mutants uh clip that had some new uh new footage to it seemed like it had a lot more of iliana rasputin so magic um had some new footage of her doing some awesomeness and uh i guess uh bill and ted face the music is going to be they're going to be involved in this san diego comic-con at home uh, so they'll have a panel. The new Constantine movie is going to have something. Um, looks like Guillermo del Toro is going to do something on Saturday. I don't know exactly what, but, um, you know, they have a website and it's full of, it's full of content surprisingly. So I've kind of, I kind of fingers crossed, hope this works out for them a little bit. Not that they need a bunch of money from geeks that can't go anywhere. Right. But- <laughs> but at the same time, it's sad. It's sad because this is the big media thing of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, with everybody in lockdown, what what else, you know, what Might, are you as well. promote? Might as well promote the stuff that's actually done. Right. Exactly. I guess, you, I guess that's a good point. I, hey, Disney, where's your 20 movie timeline right now? I want to see the new updated chart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, like, no. it's, <laughs> it's, it's black straight it's line. Black Widow. Whenever we decide to release it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And it won't be until AMC gets to have theaters that don't include Jurassic Park movies, I guess. Okay. Or trolls. <laughs> <laughs> We're only going to show Trolls World Tour now. <laughs> yeah, we've that's we've heard, totally reversed our whole stance. Just, that's yeah. all we want to show. We heard the trash everybody talked about us online, and guess what? We will allow that movie, but only that movie. Yep, and any sequels that might come. <laughs> um, every other movie is going to have to be in our drive-through uh, 
the, the, the pop-up drive-thrus that we're going to do, the AMC pop-up drive-thrus, they're super cool. You should do You want to watch a movie? Go to Walmart. That's a story I didn't run a couple <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> that, oh, that's right. Because the drive-thrus. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, uh, I think it was a story I had lined up when we, for the week that we did the, the, that interview. Um, right. But yeah, there's like 160 Walmart locations. We're going to do pop-up drive-ins basically in there because they have massive parking lots. Right. Uh, so they're going to, I mean, I see it as Walmart's like, we can get a couple bucks out of this, can't we? Right. Uh, well, plus all the Walmarts were like closing at 830. So it's like, well, right. if we're be open 24 hours, right. everybody's got to leave anyways. Why not bring them back and sell them popcorn? Right. But you know what? I'm all for it, man. Drive-ins it's it's i get you know what it's not a good thing it's sad but if there is a silver lining there's a couple little silver linings to uh to the global pandemic <laughs> killed hundreds of thousands of people wouldn't have guessed it took a it would take a pandemic to bring drive-ins back yeah i know you know what is it uh necessity is the mother of invention right right that's what it is um Oh, I did want to touch on something though. I think this was related. Maybe it wasn't. Oh yeah, no, it was the the Comic Con clip. Uh, let's talk about real quick. Um, New Mutants. Okay. Let's talk about like I'm Fox still owns that. I mean, Fox produced that movie. Like, so yeah, they still own that. Man, wasn't that movie supposed to come out like two years ago? Like, yeah, that man, is incredible. <laughs> they sold I, they sold off the rights, and then they just hung on to these movies, and they're still mining them. I bet. I tell you what, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. It's probably like, I don't know if it's a good thing for Fox or not, but I almost would think that if, if they knew the pandemic was coming, they might not have kept delaying the release of this movie so long. But then again, maybe they're like, we got something for when the movie theaters finally open up. Um, I like, yeah. So there's a new trailer for it. The new mutants uh, movie. And I liked it. I like this trailer. I yeah. was kind of on board with this movie from the get-go. They did release a trailer, I don't know, a year ago or something right. that I didn't really care for because it didn't, like, I don't know. It just kind of felt typical. And even by this trailer, I feel like there's still going to be some cringy stuff. It's still definitely, even though we were promised, I think, a hard-edged horror movie. It's right. PG-13 now, for sure. And uh, there's, you know, it's still going to have some cringy, like, this is for the teens moments it's because we've been bright burned in the past right um <laughs> but i like i like the trailer it embraces the embrace the horror aspect of it and that's mm -hmm. the whole thing that's got me on board with this movie i mean there's some interesting actors in it as well but yeah horror horror you know mutant x-men universe comic book movie i'm down for it. It, it someday it'll come out right I mean, everybody who's been who who's I in feel, it will be dead it. and gone. We won't be here, but the CGI resurrection of of what's his name, James Dean, will be here to watch it. Yeah, James Dean will watch it. Tupac will watch it. Uh, hologram Michael Jackson will watch it. All the holograms will be here. <laughs> I don't uh, know why the holograms are. <laughs> they, they'll replace us. Yeah, the holograms, the uh, the CGI, um, Carrie Fisher's, all of them. It's gonna be all this, the the hologram dead actors and CGI dead actors and cockroaches and Keith Keith uh, Richards. Yeah, that's who's left. 
de-aged uh, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas will be dead and gone, but de-aged <laughs> Michael Douglas from right. Ant-Man. He'll be here. Um, Ian McKellen, he'll be here. De-aged Ian McKellen and de-aged Patrick Stewart. Well, actually, you know, Patrick Stewart might still be alive because that dude just reads poetry and drinks Earl Grey. So he's probably fine. Live forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was a tangent. That's a dystopia I want. That's that's the dystopia that the liberals want right there because Patrick Stewart. Jesse Paul has something for you. He made you a thing. Uh Uh oh, it's a digital thing, from my understanding. A thing, like John What? Yes, it's gonna it's gonna mutate some dogs, and then (laughs) oh no, and then your friends. Thankfully, my dog's in the other room. Stay in there. <laughs> okay, I don't know how to get this. Oh, yeah, I do. A manageable size. Here we go. All right. I don't know how this was made, but it was a thing. Here we go. All right. Not the puppies. No. All right. This is to you from Paul. Oh, my God. What? Is that who? Who's the? I was gonna say that's got to be an Al Garrison. What? That that is badass, and that's all that matters is that you become badass. <laughs> wow, I'm a Cobra Kai guy. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. No, you're right, Al, Al Garrison. Yeah. So for folks who don't know what I'm talking about, Al Garrison is uh, part of Omug Comics. And uh, the artist that draws Lenny Vernon, badass trucker, and you should check them out. They actually have a Kickstarter going on right now. They're trying to fund their um, their issues nine, ten, and eleven. And uh, yeah, you should uh, check that out and fund their Kickstarter so that they can get those made because uh, they're doing like they're doing a really cool thing. Like uh, remember X Men issue one back when Jim Lee was doing the thing and they had like the different interconnecting uh, issue covers, and then then you could buy the one that had like the f- foldouts, whatever, like right. the whole thing was connected. Uh, they're doing that, so they're doing a, a three issue arc, and all three of the covers like fit together like that. So, and it's super the, exciting and fun. And the reason you're talking about this is okay. So there's a picture. Uh, hey, there's a picture. So. <laughs> Apparently, oh, okay. I think Paul commissioned a picture, and it's it's looks like a karate Jesse standing in front of the Cobra Kai logo. Oh, for the audio listeners, I was like, "What are we doing now? I don't know what we're doing." Yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> well, normally I'd be like, "Audio listeners, tough luck," but we we're spending enough time on this to. We we'll, I'd either have to cut the whole thing, or it would just be annoying. I mean, it's going to be annoying for them anyway. Ha <laughs> ha! <Second laughs> listeners. Still gonna, you're still gonna have to look it up. This is great. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Al. This is, I mean, what? It's like my favorite thing, and it's me. <laughs> it's your favorite thing, and it's you. My second two favorite your, thing is two me. Two of your favorite things. <laughs> These are a few of Jesse's favorite things. I didn't have the tone of that at all, <laughs> or the melody. Um, we got anything else? I, that's all I got. I don't really have anything else. Uh, no, as far as content for the show, no. Uh, the only other thing that I have is like a pimpage thing, and that is, uh, <gasps> dude, you I oh, I seen your post last night. Yeah, I got my draft copy. It's live. It's live, guys. So last time that I was on here, so two weeks ago, I mentioned that I was having the, I was doing the follow up book. 
I have the follow-up book. There it is. It, except it's not going to have this this awful, uh, not for resale gray bar on it. So. <laughs> All the copies say not for resale. Don't question it. <laughs> it's totally fine. It's that's legitimate. I planned it that way. Right over the right over the title. That's just good design. That's <laughs> just good design. It's, it's part of the title. Yeah. The, so I'm pretty excited about it. It's um, the first book was all of the story stuff that I could come up with because it felt like uh, people that don't know what this is probably want a story. Uh, but that's not what the comic ever was. It was more of a like Calvin and Hobbes style uh, newspaper type strip. And mm -hmm. so that's what this is. This collects some of the better funny stuff that I did with uh tank monkey. So, awesome. and it, I really scraped together just like as much um, stuff as I could find um, some really great guest artwork in the back here. Like uh, our good friend, uh, Andrew Schmidt did a tank monkey magnet for me a long time ago. So he's oh, in nice. there. Um, this this awesome artwork that I had commissioned by uh, Kelly Williams years ago was like, look at that tank monkey. He is mm -hmm. the most fearsome tank monkey ever. And he is going to kill that candy corn. That is the most, that is a scary tank monkey. I know. It's like, so good. Man. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good stuff in here. Um, that isn't necessarily all me. So, <laughs> so I can brag about the stuff that I didn't do. But yeah, no, I'm pretty excited about it. It's 108 pages of tank monkey goodness. He drives a tank, guys. This is a hippopotamus that wears 80s stuff. I don't, I don't know how else to sell this to you. If that doesn't excite you even a little bit, maybe you need to have your soul checked by the soul doctor because you might not have one. Right. So yeah, and that's available on Amazon. It is. It's on Amazon. You can find it by uh, just searching for me. So if you know how to spell my name, you'll find it. Otherwise, you can look for, uh, you know, look for Tank Monkey. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one selling Tank Monkey books. Pretty sure. And make it a little bit easier on you guys. If you go to GrawlixPodcast.com slash rad, R-A-D, that'll redirect you to, uh, let, me, let me make sure that actually works. But that should redirect you to the Amazon listing. And that's not an affiliate link. It's just a shortcut. I mean, I get... Is it fully sponsored? Fully <laughs> sponsored segment. <laughs> right, right. Is it a sponsored thing if, like... It doesn't go to the show, but it does support one of the hosts. But it's your own thing. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's good for me. That's what yeah. I do. <laughs> it works. Uh, Grawlixpodcast.com slash rad. Awesome. I'll have a link on the... Because I think I've had a link. It's still up somewhere on the uh, for to your first volume on the yes. Grawlix yeah, website. The, like the very bottom. Of the yeah, right. I think it's down there just like at the very bottom. I'll just like, update that with, with the new Oh, with rad, Radipotamus. Yes. All right. Um. Oh my gosh. What's today? I just realized I have a thing to do tonight oh well not like a place to go but so uh along those lines <laughs> i except this one won't cost any money but also will probably interest our specific audience less um the electronic musicians group oh yes has a compilation album out tomorrow 
I just, yeah, Friday. I just yeah, remember that right now. Um, yeah. So I've got some stuff to do, but anyway, uh, yeah. There's a comp. It's a compilation of you know, as you might assume from the title of like electronic music. Um, I don't know, man. I was trying to figure out like what genres. There's uh, there's a few kind of dance dance EDM type songs. There's some ambient type stuff. There's neoclassical. On there's a lots of stuff. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lots of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's the Electronic Musicians Group's tenth compilation album. But when also, last when was the last time you guys put out a compilation album? Almost five years ago. The group has pretty much been dead. So like, yeah, it's it's the first al- compilation album from the group in almost five years. Um, f- for the most part, it was very dormant. But then uh, one of the guys suggested months ago at the beginning of the pandemic like hey this year's kind of crazy uh i think we should put out a 2020 album and we're like yeah let's do it and uh it's coming out tomorrow so now now like the next one in the next five years uh when you do like when you bring back the halloween compilation album i want to see a three blind minds reunion oh man i know three blind minds reunion track (laughs) <laughs> I, it's been it's been quite a while since i talked to them but i bet i bet i bet those guys would be down too they like doing music stuff i just moved towards podcast stuff and i don't think they were interested yeah three blind minds that'd be that'd be amazing <laughs> right? i wonder what a modern three blind minds would talk would would sound like <laughs> you guys would be unrecognizable right because you're all you've all gone in such different directions since then um so yeah, if you want to hear some interesting music and the compilation album is uh com. by the way, we'll get you there. But the compilation album is free. I debated, like initially I was like, it's going to be for charity, which is still a good idea. But I was like, I've really dragged my feet on just getting this up because I haven't paid attention. I don't want to throw money into that mix because I will do the same thing for that. So I was like, I'm going to take the charity th- element out just because that's, I don't, I don't, I don't want to deal with it. Um, so it's free. Just less charitable, I guess. But um, Oh, Rarity Stuffed Pony? You know what? I don't need to derail Try the show when I get derailed by a comment. <laughs> I have a stuffed pony back behind me. Maybe that's what he's talking about. That okay. Name. I don't know. Paul's daughter has the same. All right. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Uh melanie what should we be amazed about i should have had her i did melanie went on an impromptu vacation basically uh she's like so i think i'm going to colorado again i'm like what okay when tonight i was like oh (laughs) oh and that was like the night before last and her and her sisters and uh her sister's kids went so you know good for them but they were she was not here because she was driving back um when we she were. missed she missed fallout because everything in Colorado she said everything like, yep, yep yeah looks she like fallout so. uh Colorado is awesome I wouldn't mind going back up there sometime but like I can't just like I can't just be like all right I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave for <laughs> right. two days I like I have I have I mean I, I guess I do stay home and neglect things anyway but I have stuff I have to do like if I could plan it ahead that'd be fine um I guess that's it. <laughs> I don't know how to yeah. end this show for some reason. Melanie not being here really does kind of like 
it's fun and it reminds she's like me like a squirrel herder like like our brains just go wherever and she's just like all right what's next like she'll literally say that it's so funny it will work <laughs> it's so funny but at the same time if somebody's going to go off on a tangent and say something that has nothing to do with anything grolics related and is like <laughs> nothing to do with anything just like this one time my 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 dad told me this lesson about blah 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 it's like what never mind right. she's the one that's going to do that if somebody's going to sure. do something like that but you're right for the most part she does keep us on track um and i also liked i also like her segment it's a nice oh segment. yeah no it's a nice way to end the show so it is missed it is missed melanie melanie next week you and jesse i'm going on vacation oh, oh god <laughs> oh Heaven help us all. You did good. Jesse Jesse pulled in the news stories this week because I was slacking. And uh, no, these were great. I was like, well, I just kind of left you guys high and dry last week. And I was like, you know what? Very least I can pull together some news stories. And then you were like, I am behind. And I'm like, I'm going to pull in some more news stories. Savannah says, I miss Melanie. That makes sense. I'm not surprised. Um, We do too. We do too. It's it's just not the same without all three of us so all right well hey listeners and viewers in the future in the future you can hear all three of us you can hear all three of us uh in the future go to grolicspodcast.com if we have i mean it's not like we have like almost seven years worth of material you could listen to if you haven't it's all good um (laughs) we didn't used to be so timely i went from like Grolic's podcast, like, is no, we don't have to do new stuff. Let's just generally, it's not, it's not timely. It's timeless. You can right. revisit these episodes whenever. And then we went, we're doing news every week. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow that's easier than having to read a book. It and- is. It is because, <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe 30 minutes quick, like 20 minutes news, like gathering, or I'll even throw together lists throughout the week sometimes. Versus, I don't know how long it takes to read a comic book anymore. <laughs> right, yeah. And we read volumes, man. We don't just like read a, an issue or two. Usually it's a volume and then not all volumes are created equal. Some of them are like, this is a volume. This is also a volume. The old man, one of the the Marvel villains was one of... Uh, bring on the bad guys. That bring one's on the bad guys. Sick. Like we, we read, what was it? Uh brave new world is that right dc that didn't take us as long as bring on the bad guys we had to break up bring on the bad guys into two two episodes yeah and i think it was it's just because it's so we're it's older very it's much older comic style writing and it's so wordy volumes go up and down oh they should sound jokes yeah we got sound puns yeah all right, let's let's Reduce them out of nowhere. <laughs> well, let's uh find this that one. That's a sound thing too. Yeah, that's sound. <laughs> <It is. laughs> hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh all the do I even have to shout them out by name? I don't know. I will. Zvanna, Paul, Maddie D, uh Jasper was in there for a bit as per usual thanks all you thanks you guys for watching anybody else who tuned in and uh thanks for anybody who listens in the future i I just feel like there's something i'm forgetting but there's not 
patreon.com slash garlics podcast check it out i'll also uh double double thank you paul for the artwork and al for making incredible artwork of me as a cobra guy never die <laughs> thank you for listening to garlics nights our special weekly live garlics podcast series if you've been enjoying this, be sure to check out grolicspodcast.com slash live to find out where and when to listen to the next live episode. Currently, Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central Time on facebook.com slash grolicspodcast.